Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Florida's capital city, this is Tallahassee's Morning Show with Preston Scott on 100.7 FM, WFLA, and iHeartRadio Station. Three, two, one. You're on the air. Here we go. Eight minutes past 7 a.m., 54 degrees outside. Good morning. It is hour number two, program 3299 of the morning show here on Tallahassee's Talk Radio, 100.7 FM, WFLA. Whether you're listening on the radio or on iHeartRadio, thanks so much for joining us. Remember, the username is WFLAFM on Facebook and Twitter. And you can always send me an email, Preston, at WFLAFM.com. Well, normally it's Mondays, but because we were off yesterday, we pushed this segment to Tuesday. And so joining me in studio is Steve Stewart, executive editor of Tallahassee Reports, the website TallahasseeReports.com, where you can subscribe, get the paper delivered directly to you. And probably more importantly than that, you can you can get email alerts and bulletins before anybody else and know what's really going on in town. And Steve, good to see you. How are you? Good morning, Preston. I'm doing great. You know, I, I mentioned in the newscast this morning that there is a, a real need because uh, lines are kind of already being drawn on the potential of a new high school in Leon County. And there was a real need for some just some very unbiased analytics of what do the numbers say. And thankfully, you go out there and you do the digging. There are those that think it ought to be on the south side, and there are those that think it ought to be on the northeast side. Let's start with the most obvious question. How are we with regard to capacity at area high schools? Yeah, uh, first of all, you know, the report at TallahasseeReports.com, really proud of a lot of information that I hope everybody will go and check out because this is a $50 million investment, um, and, you know, it's very important. I mean, it's going to money coming right out of the economy, so we want to be sure and make the right decision. Um, basically, you know, we have five high schools uh, three of them are at capacity and two of them are not. Uh, one of the sh- you know shocking things that I found looking at the growth, we look at the growth of students over the last five years at K through 12 and at high school was sort of the, the lack of growth that we have um, over a, from a high school standpoint, we've only added about 100 students a year for the last five years. Having said that, the three high schools, uh, Lincoln, Leon and Childs are basically at capacity. They're right at 2,000, 2,100 kids. And then Godby and Rickards are at about 1,200 kids each, which is significantly below capacity. You know, it's about 80%, 70%, depending on who you talk to. And so those are numbers. You, you can look at them. We've got them from uh, the Florida Department of Education, which has a fantastic database uh, of enrollment uh, numbers. And so we were able to go and look at that. And we also compared it to another community, Hillsborough community, Hillsborough County, which is much bigger than Leon, but they're also looking at building a new high school. So we went and looked at some of the information they had there to give it, you know, to, to make a comparison. And they're growing at a much higher rate than um, than Leon County. Now, growth isn't the only reason you would need a new high school. You could have, you know, if you have population changes within the within the school district over time would put stress on other schools. And see, there's no doubt that some of that is happening. For example, a lot of students have left Godby for Leon High School, um, whether that's through legal zoning changes or granting waivers or whatever it might be, um, there has certainly been a move from south side to northeast. There has been a move 
to certain school zones, no doubt about it. Well, I think also, too, you almost have in a high school, the high school uh, age, you basically have school choice. Uh, from what I understand, talking to people off the record uh, and, and some people on the record that basically, you know, if you want to go to a high school, uh, there's a way to get there. Um, and so for those that are interested and are motivated in, in doing that. And so I think you, know, you see from what I've heard, you see that at Godby. A lot of people have opted out of going to Godby and are wanting to go to Leon or Childs. And that puts stress um, on the on the system. So if you look at the data, you know, obviously there is issues that have to be dre- uh, addressed. Now, the question would be, you know, since there is uh, overcapacity at the three high schools that, you know, are in the north quadrant, north and northeast. Uh, right. Um, you know, how do you do that? Uh, you know, um, I-, I was able to talk to the superintendent after the article come out. He was nice enough uh, to chat with me. And, you know, it's, it's not that we're building a new, a new high school. He's supporting replacing the high school on the south side which is Rickards um and he says that basically uh he thinks that's where it needs to be there has to be rezoning after that's built um uh that's his position uh, he also you know informed me that you know the school board has to approve it so you have five members of the school board there has to be at least three members that will vote to say the look you know approve the location of the high school the thing that I'm concerned with and we've talked about this on air is that you know the school board sort of goes under the radar a little bit uh, in terms of some of the uh, the meetings, I mean, they're way out on the you know southwest side of town, tough to get to, and sometimes it doesn't get the coverage that it, it needs to get. This issue is something that we at Taos Reports will continue to write about. Uh, we're going to try to find out what the positions are of the of the five school board members. We know that Alva Striplin is you know has already sort of raised the issue of maybe putting another high school on the north side, and so uh, we'll try to find out where the other the other four stand. We know where. We we know where Superintendent Jackie Pond stands. Also, the other two candidates for superintendent would be interesting to find out where they stand. Well, you know, I, I've long believed that you could make a really strong case for renovating Rickards High School. I think there's no doubt. I've toured the campus that if you walk the halls of Rickards, it needs some love. It's a fixer-upper. It is. You know, there's no doubt. But at the same time, there's no reason if, if – I mean, by all accounts, a high school is going to be even further south, Correct than Rickards. And so if you move a high school, build a new school even further south, and Rickards is already the school for anybody that lives further south, then that means that through zoning, you're going to have to pull kids from way north of the current Rickards zone to populate the school because there isn't adequate population. And we already have that, and that's interesting you say, because if you pull up the high school zoning and you look at it, Lincoln is on the south side of their zone. And so they are pulling... You know, from Kalarna Estates, which is across Appalachia. I mean, yeah, no, it's across uh, Miccosukee. It's across the Walani Plantation. And that's, again, that's the point you're making. The, the, the new high school would be basically very far south on Tram Road. So you're really not pulling anything. Well, there's the no new population centers out there to feed it. Correct. And so, um, and, you know, the superintendent also said that Rickards was, it was going to be, uh, this is, you know, this is something else. And this is the plan that needs to be laid out. He had talked about building the new high school, but also renovating Rickards and making it a middle school. So, but I don't think the demand is for that either. Well, we'll have to look at it. One of our next articles is going to be looking at the growth in the middle school populations and where that has moved from the from the last five years. Yeah, looking at the feeder schools into the high schools. Exactly. So, you know, it's going to be again. This is a numbers game, and and it's a lot of money. 
um, I think it's important that we, um, you know, have some community meetings about where this is going because there is some indications that we're already spending money to put the school on the south side. You know, the the lobbying and some of the we've hired a consultant and <clears throat> and so a couple of school board members are on record voting for that. I don't know if they know that, and I'll I'll try to get in touch with them and ask them. But you know, we need to slow this down and start talking more about uh, you know exactly what's best for the community. The analytics will matter. Let's yes, uh, we, we, more to talk about here as well as a couple other stories. Fifteen minutes past seven on WFLA. Let's go to the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Terry Smith with your updated forecast. Terry. Good Tuesday morning, Preston. Back to quieter weather the next couple of days. It is cloudy at the moment, but we'll see the sunshine and our temperature 72, 46 overnight. Tomorrow, sunny 70. I'm 100.7 FM WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Yeah, one of the things that has to be factored into the discussion on any high school growth in uh, in Leon County from a public school perspective is just the simple reality that there are also a lot of private school options. There's McClay, there's North Florida Christian, there's uh, Florida High, there's Flor- uh, FAMU Developmental and Research School, there's uh, um, John Paul. Uh, JP2, yes. Yeah, the Catholic school. Um, there are there are options galore out there for, for people, and two of them on the south side. Yeah, and one of the points in the article is that if you look at the growth in high school students over the last five years, which was about 100 a year, Okay, so if you look at that and you say that we have capacity in Godby and Rickards of between four and eight hundred, it doesn't. You know, you could easily see where you could defer building a new high school for a number of years um, and absorb that, um, and then you know, and, ha- and take time. And, and uh, Superintendent Pons did say this was going to take a number of years. You know, this is the planning process. But you know, once you get down going that road, the fifty million dollar high school, um, it's something that you know is, is tough to change. So I hopefully we will we will start to discuss that. One of the other stories you're following is uh, air traffic at Tallahassee International Airport. It's still tough for me to say international, but I'm saying it. Um, yeah, I got I got into a, a, a commenter kept saying, "I don't think it's named Tallahassee International Airport." You know, are you are you sure? You know, and yeah. so I had to send them to a link. But yeah, that is the name, TIA. And travel is down. Yeah, I mean, this is an issue that's in the news with JetBlue, with the money that FSU has put up in the city, and I know C- Commissioner Scott Maddox has been sort of tasked with trying to to you know resurrect the, the airport i'm not sure that it's something that he should have signed up for but um so it's in the news we track the uh, passenger traffic every every month and we show the monthly stats compared to the last month and then we also show so show what the previous 12 months were so you could get a idea of where we're headed and you know the january was down five almost six percent which was a shock because of session being here that's a big drop down five percent um, we haven't had a January that low since 2000. I think it's 2011, which is five years. Um, and you've got the graph up there. The tra- the annual traffic, the annualized traffic has just been declining. We're losing about 1,000 a month. And I don't, again, if you look at the annualized number for this month, the last 12 months, I don't think we've been this low for three years. So it's, you know, it's just, it seems to be a losing battle at this point. And you're back to the same formula of, in essence, finding ways to subsidize a carrier coming in, making them guarantees. And it just doesn't work. We're not a destination. We're, we're, we're just not. You're coming here for government purposes or for the college or university, and that's pretty much it. You're not here to travel. You're not here to for destination tourism. It's just that's not – people drive here for that, but not a lot of people fly here. And I, there, there's a lot of people that think the JetBlue is not going to change the equation. 
Yeah, and I think you know the other the other um, track that that we've been going down is this master plan to develop the airport around the um, uh, develop the land around the airport, so we could so we could hold down the fees that airplanes are that you know that carriers pay. Right. Um, but I you know that that seems such a long and I, obviously something we need to do. But I don't know. I haven't seen much movement on that front in terms of the development of the land out there. You know, that's not a it's not a real. High, I don't think it's a real high demand part of town, from what I can tell. But they have spent some money on that, so I think that this, you know, this whole discussion with the economic development and the money through Blueprint at the end of this month, we're having a meeting on how that money is the structure that's going to be set up to deal with that. So I think this is going to be part of this, the discussion. And you know, I read something where where half of the traffic or half of the people that use air traffic are, are going to other destinations to catch flights, which is, you know, which is a lot. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, that's it. That is a, that's a tough nut to crack. I may be flying to Phoenix in the next month and a half. I can't do it out of Tallahassee cost effectively. I'm going to go to Panama city. I can fly direct basically. That's where you'll, you'll drive to Panama city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, and a lot of people have the same story. Steve, as always, we'll catch up on Thursday. Okay. I'll give you, yeah, we'll give you a call. We'll do it on, on the phone. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. All right. Steve Stewart with us this morning. And again, you can see the story on air travel, the schools, and more at TallahasseeReports.com. Subscribe. Get that paper in your hands. The amount of time people waste on social media every day is staggering. Don't waste your time, and we won't either. Search for WFLAFM on Facebook. 23 minutes past 7, the morning show. 54 degrees outside. Good to be with you this morning. Program 3299, and uh, on Tuesdays at this time, our digital dynamic with App Innovators, Dustin Rivas. Dustin, how uh, how are you today, sir? Good morning. I'm doing pretty well. We have, uh, we've talked about some things that can help businesses uh, leverage the internet, to le- uh, leverage things online to, to help them. One of the things that I know a lot of people are trying to figure out is how do they leverage the internet? How do they leverage online opportunities for exposure purposes? How do you marry what's out there? How do you figure it all out? That's, that's definitely a big question. There's a lot of different uh, avenues and a lot of different rabbit holes, I guess they, you could say you could go down, especially towards advertising. Well, one of the things we've been talking about as I've talked about App Innovators is one of the realities is that a lot of people that have a website for their business, it's not optimized for mobile use. And you talk about the search rankings yep. and, and its impact. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, the search rankings it's 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 very it's it's a very very big deal. Um, we were dealing with a roofing company yesterday. They stopped by, and uh, we were going and trying to find them on on Google, and it was like third or fourth page on Google. And the stats show I think it's seventy five percent of the people don't even go past the second page. And so if you're not on the first page or at least on the second page, you may as well not even have a website. And so um, obviously his site was not mobile responsive, so Google was kind of giving them some negative points on that um so came up with a couple different strategies to try to get him up towards the top there's i think a cynical view that some people take and that is that the search engines and let's just go ahead and call out google that they've rigged the system to make money for themselves and so that if you're not in essence investing in their product line you're just not going to show up in the rankings uh that might be partially true i mean i don't think google really needs that much money from you know, a, a small dog, you know, it's uh they care more about the user experience. You know, that's one of the big reasons they actually changed their algorithm. 84% of people are actually looking at websites on a phone rather than on their uh, actual desktop. So Google wants you to have a good experience. And if you don't have a good website for users to have a good experience on, they're going to penalize you for you and drop you down and promote somebody else that has a better experience. 
In this day and age, do all search engines basically take into account where you are? So if you're searching for widgets in your town, it's going to pop up first and foremost widget companies in your town? If you have your location services turned on. A lot of people don't have it turned on. Um, They're a little nervous about it, aren't they? They're a little nervous about it. it it's kind of big brotherish, especially when you yeah. go and look at where there's actually some settings where you can see where you've been, which is kind of creepy. But you know, if you have your location <laughs> services turned on, it definitely makes things easier. Let's just say you're looking for a repair guy, you know, truck broke down or a tow truck company or a pizza. It's right. going to pop up and show you what's nearest you. What's the best way for someone to kind of start down this road of understanding the best ways to market themselves in that reality? You and I traded a couple of emails last night. I'm like, well, you know, we're, we are kind of like one of the standard bearers of, of promotion and advertising. But even within our company, we have iHeartMedia, yep. iHeartRadio.com. We're leveraging the digital era. We're leveraging our websites and so forth. What about an average business out there listening right now? They don't have the huge company that iHeart is behind them. What do they do? They need to think about who their target audience is and then think about where their target audience probably resides. For me, you know, 100.7 WFLA made a ton of sense because you have a lot of business owners here. You know, I probably wouldn't have advertised on, you know, some of the other, you know, radio stations that are just music, musically inclined now, but that's not to say I wouldn't have advertised on the actual, you know, iHeartRadio.com in banner ads mm -hmm. throughout those websites because people can get more of a, a sense of what we're doing and they can click on it. So how does somebody determine what fits their personal, their, their business profile as it relates to online digital advertising? I think it goes back to just thinking about who your consumers are, whether it's your past consumers or who you're trying to target in the future. Do you ask them? Do you set up a little survey and start getting information on where do they go online? What do they, you know, what do they look at and so forth? The easiest thing to do is ask your clients, you know, when they call you or you're, you're trying to get a proposal out to somebody, hey, how'd you hear about us? Did you find us on Facebook? Did you hear us on Preston Scott? Um, did you just Google Apps Tallahassee and find us? How did you find us? And listen to where people are searching and then kind of put a little more attention to those areas that you see are, are getting more traction. For the average business owner out there, that's they're not out there. Maybe they've got a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. They've got a website. They've learned about optimizing it in the last few weeks and getting it a little more user-friendly on, on a mobile app, uh, uh, pad or, some, or phone or something. Where's the best way to start for them? Where do they begin? What's the first thing they should do? First thing they should do is just, once we've talked about this before, get your website correct. And then there's a lot of good articles. If you just Google, what should I do for my business? Where should I start? There's a lot of different industry-specific verticals that they can look at based on the articles. Once they do that, is there, I mean, is there, do you, who do you call to find out what, what online venues are best for you? based on, you know, whatever information you get back. I mean, that's the thing I, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out is, you know, when we first started talking about app innovators, it was you and I talked privately. It was like, where do you go to get an app? Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, so where do you go to get going? There's a lot of different, you know, digital companies here, PR firms. Um, it just depends on, obviously, your budget at the same time. You know, we'd love talking to people. People can come by our office and sit down and talk to us. We have a bunch of different creative rooms, and we can just have a coffee session is what we call them. Sit down, talk about your needs, and see if we can help you. If not, we can steer you in the right direction. Is it safe to say that if you want to be viable, you have to embrace the digital world today? You have, you have to. no choice. You have to. I mean, and it's a combination. We were going back and forth last night talking about, you know, traditional marketing versus, you know, digital marketing. It's not either or. It's it's a combination of both and figuring out which mix, you know, works the best.
Dustin, as always, good stuff. Thanks so much for coming in this morning. Thank you. Have a good week. All right, Dustin Riveston, again, the website, appinnovators.com. And, uh, and go there. You can, you can find out all kinds of things that will help you. And, again, just some advice on how to leverage the Internet and online communications to, uh, to your benefit. And we'll have Dustin back next week. It's uh, 7.30. Time for news. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. We come back. The big story in the press box. Did somebody really do it? I mean, is is there really a conspiracy theory on Antonin Scalia? Was he offed? Was he? Is this the Pelican brief all over again? Nah. Or is it? I'm just saying. We'll talk about it next on 100.7 FM. WFLA. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Can't wait to talk with you later today at 3. Now back to the morning show with Preston Scott on 100.7 FM WFLA. 36 minutes past 7. Website WFLAFM.com. Keyword Preston. My blog page. I've got the Barry College Bald Eagles I mentioned in the news. Man, Dad's been busy fishing. There's three fish up there in the nest. Yep. She looks a little rough, though. Well, I'm just, I understand the situation. She's been, she's been on a vigil. She looks the, wet, too. Yeah, you think? Yeah, that storm, I bet, blew through them last night. I mean, obviously, it went, they got their share of rainfall up there. The, the, Barry College is north, and I believe it's a little bit west of Atlanta. And, uh, in fact, if you're, if you're taking 75 up through uh, Atlanta onto uh, Chattanooga, it's not really all that far off to the uh, west, off 75. And uh, I'm, I'm daring myself to go up there one day. I just, just, to, just to see if I could snap some photos would be awesome. But, um, yeah, two more eaglets. And, uh, yeah, mom's looking a little <laughs> – She's her feathers are a bit ruffled. And, uh, and, but, but it's just, it's cool. It really is. It's just, you'll, you'll really have a lot of fun. Just go to the website, WFLAFM.com, keyword Preston. All right, let's, let's do this. I'm wide open here. If you want to comment on the passing of Supreme Court Justice Antonin, Antonin Scalia, first of all, the strategy side of this. Secondly, if you want to comment on his passing, there are people that believe he was killed. I'll just say it. They, they, there, there are conspiracy theories running all over the place. They're fueled by a couple of decisions that were just a little bit odd. I, it, the family saying no to an autopsy—that's not odd to me. And I'll tell you why it's not odd to me. Because Scalia had health issues that accompany some older members of our culture. I mean, older people have health issues, and he had his share too. You know, if you 
if you read any of the comments from his friends, they would say that if he wasn't going to be with his family and if he wasn't going to be in church, that Antonin Scalia died where he would want to be at a great lodge. Uh, he was a, a, a just loved hunting. Now, was he going to go hunting here? I don't know. All I know is he was. Uh, he, he had spoken the night before, was in great spirits, just said, hey, it's been a long week and a long day. I think I'm going to get some rest. And he went to bed, and he didn't wake up. Um, according to the news reports from the Washington Post and the local newspapers in Texas, uh, his his bed clothing, I'm guessing his pajamas, they weren't wrinkled, no indication of any kind of struggle. Um, it, it, much has been made of the fact that a pillow's over his head. Um, haven't you gone to sleep with a pillow on your head or tossed and turned and had one kind of end up on top of your noggin? I mean, it, it's happened to me, I you know, but whatever. The, the real story, I mean, Justice Scalia has died, and the big story is now what? Um, the battle over his replacement is absolutely gone on fire in a matter of a day and a half. And uh, arguments for, arguments against naming his successor, and, uh, and over the weekend, the comments were flying. I plan to fulfill my constitutional responsibilities to nominate a successor. I think what's going to happen is he'll put in somebody who's probably a little more moderate than he would have normally done. I still think the Republicans should reject The Constitution is pretty clear. The president makes the appointment. Senate confirms. Let's get on with that business. I just think that the nominee of the president should be rejected. The president, under our Constitution, has a duty to send forth a name to be considered by the Senate. And the Senate has a duty to consider that and to decide whether or not to confirm whoever the president nominates. We are one justice away from a radical five-justice left-wing majority, the likes of which this country has never seen. The next president is not just going to replace Scalia, may replace at least two more people. And so the very balance of the Constitution is at stake. We do know that this is a Republican Congress that has a lot of practice saying no. This is the Republican Party leadership that shut down the government in 2013 that brought us to the brink of defunding the Department of Homeland Security just last year, and just a few weeks ago announced they won't even have a hearing on the president's budget. But I also want to point out that this is not the first time that Republicans have come out with a lot of bluster, only to have reality ultimately sink in. Okay, there you go. Well, there are a few things missing from the narrative, of course, and we're here to happily help. One is that in 1960, a Democrat-controlled Senate passed a resolution Senate Resolution 334, that uh, the president should not make recess appointments to the Supreme Court. This was in the wake of the election of John F. Kennedy. And um, and so, you know, this was when the Senate was controlled by Democrats, as recently as Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer in 2007 said that Bush should make appointments and that the Senate would reject them. I'm just saying... That when the shoe is on the other foot, the Democrats suddenly don't like the rules they passed. The actions they've taken. But what do you think? 205 WFLA, 205-9352. Let's go to the phone lines. Greg, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What What's the smart play here for not just the president, but for Republicans? Well, li- listen, I've, I've worked up there. Um, 
who I put my finger of blame for all this controversy is Mitch McConnell. He should not have come out and said we're going we're not going to have a, pre- a, a justice until after the presidential election. Yeah, what a he dumb was, statement it, was that? Yeah, I mean you're just playing into their hands. He just should have said we look forward to the president's nomination. We will review in due time, and we will judge the merits of the nominee, and then immediately vote him down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and 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 all these conspiracy nuts. As the doctor said, he had many medical ailments, right? And 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 at seventy nine, obviously, when you see pictures of a young Scalia, he was young and healthy. He's you know he's put on some pounds. You know, you know, it's, you're only making the situation worse by introducing that thought into this process. Well, it's interesting because the Republicans have never been counted on for doing the smart thing from a messaging standpoint, and once again, they've stepped in it. Well, I I will tell you that when Senator Lott was the majority leader, they were excellent at messaging. McConnell, I I, I shrugged my shoulders at him. Yeah, Greg, thanks very much for the phone call. I I would agree that Lot was better. I don't think he was excellent because the Republicans would not be sitting in this, the spot that they're in, unable to explain to people what conservatism is. Um, and maybe that's because they don't have enough members practicing it to make a laudable case, a credible case for it. Uh, that's always a possibility. Trent Lott was obviously far better, far more sophisticated than Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's boorish, uh, boring, and, uh, and, and you know, Mitch McConnell really doesn't say much. He just he marbles in his mouth. But it was a horrible decision to make the statement that he did. And he put the Republicans immediately on the defensive in front of the national media. And all they had to do was just do what you're supposed to do, what you're charged to do. The president makes a nomination, weigh and measure it. There are consequences to elections. The Senate had the right to say no. You know, keep in mind, there's a reason why there's the check and balance that exists between the the executive branch and the Senate in this case. There's wisdom there. It's to make sure of things like this the president i mentioned this before the president could absolutely put the gop right between the screws of of the vice and uh, by simply picking uh, donald trump mentioned it in his soundbite by picking a moderate if he picks somebody that oh if they picked a, someone who ended up being like a john roberts you know, Roberts has turned into, I think, a pretty strong moderate. He'd put the Republicans in a really tough spot. I don't know that he has the political acumen to do it. We'll see. 745 on WFLA. Just remember, though, Chuck Schumer stated in 2007 the Democrats shouldn't confirm anybody. They had control of the Senate. If uh, Bush made an appointment, just saying. Let's go to the Weather Channel Forecast Center. Terry Smith standing by. Terry. Good Tuesday morning, Preston. Back to quieter weather the next couple of days. It is cloudy at the moment, but we'll see the sunshine. And our temperature 72, 46 overnight. Tomorrow, sunny 70. I'm 100.7 FM WFLA's Terry Smith in the Weather Channel Forecast Center. All right. 
This story was in the news over the weekend. I printed it. I was peeking. <laughs> I was peeking over the weekend at the news. Do you see what happened to a, at a deli in, in Columbus? Nazareth Restaurant and Deli, owned by people who happen to be Jewish, but a very multicultural environment. Had Arabic sayings, had the uh, the Israeli flag, I guess, flying. I mean, it was a, but but very welcoming to all kind of place. Guy walks in there on um, what was it Saturday afternoon, Friday afternoon. Anyway, walks in there, asks for the owner. Allegedly. Came back 30 minutes later with a machete and started attacking people in the restaurant. Four people uh, injured. He fled in a car, eventually stopped. He was shot and killed. He got out with a knife in one hand, machete in the other. uh, Trying to subdue him with a taser did not work. So they... He lunged towards the police, and they opened fire, and he was shot and killed. Columbus police are not saying that this was a lone wolf terrorist attack. It was a Jewish deli. The attacker was Muhammad Barry. Now, on the surface, you would have to think that there was something here. It was, I mean, just saying. It's what automatically comes to mind, obviously. You know, they're looking into his uh, online footprint, find out if there was any rhetoric on there, any inspiration, any comments made. We don't know. Any, we don't know the answers right now. You know, uh, is it, let me put it to you this way. Proper investigative work would say you must check that angle. And hopefully they're performing due diligence on that front. Preston, that's profiling. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. That's how they've caught people for dec- for decades. Profiling, yeah. Yeah, when uh, when when middle-aged white fat men rob banks up the street from us and, and I'm walking down the street, they they might stop and ask me. I guess that's profiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've eliminated women. We've eliminated black guys. We've eliminated thin white guys. we got a fat guy right there on the sidewalk. Let's ask him. That's profiling. <laughs> but see, when we, when, we, uh, when we apply profiling to any other situation, then it's, it's okay. When it's applied to, say, Middle Eastern young men who generally are terrorists, when we have terrorist actions, we, 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 there are commonalities here. No, it's not exclusive. And I'm not saying all Middle Eastern young men are terrorists. Absolutely not. I'm saying that when terrorist acts are committed, they are almost always committed by Middle Eastern young men. And that's a, a standard form of investigative, uh, you know, technique. That's profiling. It's just like if middle-aged fat white guys, you know, I would, yeah, ask about me. I'm not as fat, but I'm still, I'm still chunky. Um, but here's the other thing in this story. If only one of those patrons had a gun. Now, I don't know enough about Columbus and, and Ohio in general. I think you can carry concealed there, but but maybe that restaurant was a please don't bring it. I don't know the answer. I'm just saying, gun stops machete. The, amazing, the most amazing part of that story 
to me was you said four people were injured. Nobody yeah. died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy just started swinging away and, and just randomly hacking at people. Unreal. Unreal. It's crazy, man. I mean, really, just this is nuts. And to not be able to be taken down by a taser, you automatically, I mean, this might be some sort of profiling as well. You automatically think drugs involved. Or Kevlar. That's true. Didn't hit him. Just saying. I mean, the guy may may have had multiple layers of clothing or Kevlar. I don't know. We don't know enough yet. But um, we'll talk to uh, tomorrow. I've got this story saved. Tomorrow, Charlie Strickland in our personal defense segment. I'm going to ask him about that. What do you do if you're out in public? You're at a restaurant and something happens. What do you do? What are the things to consider? What if you have a gun and you carry concealed? What are your you the, listen? When you go through the proper training, you're trained to survey the situation and 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 take account for shots missed, people in line of fire, that kind of. I mean, there are things to consider if you carry concealed. What if you don't? What can you do to to limit your exposure in a situation like that? What's the right thing to do? You know, immediately thoughts come to my mind because your adrenaline's rocking. You may not think it. Fear rocks your adrenaline levels. Maybe maybe what you do if, if you're sitting in, in a restaurant that has movable tables is you grab a table. And you you lunge that table at the at the attacker. I'm just saying, you know, whatever. We'll we'll talk through that. That's one of the reasons we're doing this segment is to help give you ideas on what to do to uh, to help yourself. It's too early to cast your vote, but it's not too early to cast your opinion. With all the good candidates. Tired of the lie? 100.7 FM. You have a choice to make. WFLA. On my rundown here that tells me what I'm going to talk about when, for the most part, I routinely blow it up, but it gives me a guide here. I just wrote this. 196 to 173. That was the final score of the NBA All-Star Game Sunday night. 196 to 73. The West squad won. And look at that number. 196 and averaged 49 points per quarter. That tells me I need to put my glasses on because I I could have sworn it said AG-173, which really had me intrigued, to be honest with you. I didn't know where you were going with that. I bet it did. (laughs) Um, 196 to 173. It's interesting. There are people out there that think this is awesome. These are the best players in basketball having fun, playing a pickup game, no defense, just a showcase for what they can do. Game ended with Steph Curry launching a half-court shot that he netted. That is awesome for the All-Star game. I it, These kinds of things probably reveal my age more than anything else because that drives me nuts. You want to... Uh, I want to see game. a basketball game. You want a complete game, don't I want you? defense. Don't want injuries. There are things that I think you don't do in an all-star game. You don't you don't take a foul that might risk an injury. 
They're just they're just certain things you don't do, but I still think that's embarrassing. So you don't watch the Pro Bowl either, obviously. No. There's no difference there. Oh no, no. Anyway, do you call that a basketball game? Oh my goodness gracious. They combined for just under four hundred points. That's absurd. It's also eight o'clock. When we come back, Kim Moore will join us. TCC Workforce Development and the website hotoccupationsnow.com. If, you, if you're looking for work, if you know someone who is, gather around the radio next here on 100.7 FM WFLA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.